Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Live Mana Ministries presents Gratitude Unfiltered. We are broadcast live on the Live Mana Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network. Learn more at livemanaworldwide.org. If you're listening on or watching on social media, please download, subscribe, share with friends. Totally butchered that, but that's okay. God bless you anyway. We are grateful you are here and uh, you're in for a treat today. Today, we find out just who is Hunter Boone. Welcome to Live Mana Ministries presents Gratitude Unfiltered. So blessed to have you guys here, whether you're watching on the Live Mana Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network, watching on social media. God bless you. Thank you for being here. I know we're going to have a lot of new faces because, well, I think there's a lot of people who want to know who is Hunter Boone. What a day yesterday. Praise the Lord anyway. I don't care what your political beliefs are. The fact is this. God is good all the time. <laughs> and I'm telling you, with all of the disinformation that's out there right now, I swear to you, I keep saying this over and over again, but I think we need a reminder. This is why Jesus said, keep your eyes fixated on him, because it's the only thing that's true. And, you know, a lot of us are here. We've chosen the assignment to serve the Lord full time. And you know what? Even serving the Lord full-time, sometimes it's easy to get distracted. But God's purpose for your life is more alive today than it's ever been, regardless of what you think is happening in the world. Isn't this what the Bible told us was going to happen? So never fear, folks. Never fear. I just said folks like I was Biden. I'm not Biden. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not even political. I voted for Kanye. Anyway, God bless you guys. I'm so excited you're here. 
and a chance meeting. I, I made a declaration. I'm not big on New Year's Eve or New Year's resolutions or any of that stuff, but I did declare what God had put in my heart to declare. And through declaring that, I got to meet our guest today, Mr. Hunter Boone. And it was a chance meeting. He said, hit me up or something like that. And I'm like, okay. And I felt my spirit, I got to talk to this guy. So we talked last Sunday for the first time. And I may have met my spirit animal. I don't know, but let's find out. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Mr. Hunter Boone. What's up, Hunter? Oh, uh, I don't know about spirit animal, but I'm fired up and super stoked to be here. And uh, it's, you know, it's surely an honor. Uh, you and I did meet last Sunday. Um, I think my response to you after your declaration was, let's chat. Yeah, there you go. And I just threw it out there and I didn't know what would happen. Um, hello, Jessica. Hello, Karen. And uh, Karen's a great friend from the UK. So we've got someone from the UK watching. Um, Very cool. So yeah, I'm super fired up. I love your spirit. I love your story. I love how God's using you. And I know that um, you encourage me and you fire me up. And so I just know that this day, this call is, we don't know where it's going. We have no notes, but uh, it's going to be friggin' awesome. So I'm fired up. No. And I actually, what excites me the most about this is that you're probably as, as unpredictable as I am. <laughs> so the one predictable thing that I want to do today yeah. is find out what are you grateful for today hunter wow. i mean that thank you um who um well i mean first of all i'm grateful i'm alive um yeah. i'm grateful i wake up in a in a country that's free even though we're going through some really hard challenges um you know i'm grateful that i serve a god that um is a living god um, I'm grateful that I get to speak on your show and um, somehow touch, hopefully touch you and I will touch. Hey, Kim, thank you for, uh, we're, we're calling you the, uh, we're giving you, you're the accomplice. We're giving you the assist. So thank you, Kim. And Kim's doing great work in Uganda near where I'm doing great work. So we're going to go meet over there and, and bless some kids and run around and dance and sing with some children. So, I mean, if I said I was grateful for everything, I mean, I'll say this, you and I both have almost lost our lives enough times that, you know, anything we do now is extra innings and we're grateful for that. Um, so yeah, I'm grateful for, for everything. If that, if that's not too, you know, I don't know if that's not too cliche, I'm pretty much grateful for every breath. No, I mean, listen, I normally, if somebody gave me that answer, I would be all over them about it, how unsincere it is. But there's a truth to that. I know because when you have been basically six feet in the grave, looking up going, this is what happened to my life. And then all of a sudden, God gives you another chance and maybe another one and maybe another one. You tend to be grateful for almost everything. In fact, you tend to even be grateful. You Like you start to look at your past traumas and you go, God's using that. I get to be grateful for my trauma. Now, that's gratitude. Out of curiosity, now that I bring that up, what particular trauma in your life or thing that you had to over overcome are you most grateful for? Well, I'm writing a book um, right now because I, you know, I figure I need something else to do. And um, so I wake up every day since the first or since about the third of January and I write from 4 a.m. to 5 a.m. And and one of the things I talk about is I've rebuilt my life 13 times. I know you've rebuilt your life a handful of times, but from the age of 18 to about 22 or 23, I was in it's either seven or nine mental institutions. I can't really remember, but 
you know, they thought I had bipolar, which is something you can't really, um, you can't really see on a graph or you can't really, you can't really see. Um, they can't just say here, you've got it. But, you know, they use environmental, you know, kind of reasoning to, to, to give it to you. And, you know, for many years, um, I took the white pills, you know, antidepressants and all that. And I smoked dope and I drank and I'm sure I uh, negated anything they were supposed to do. But about eight years ago with a coach, Danny Johnson, I, uh, she told me really how God saw me as, as, a, as a sapphire who's crazy and full of energy and inventors and all that. And I stopped taking white pills about eight years ago and I've been sober 13 years. So wow. to be able to live clean and to live sober and to not to, to have conquered, you know, mental illness, if that is a thing, which I don't believe I had, it's a label, but to be able to live freely um, and to not deal with that kind of a past, um, man, I'm, I'm grateful for, I'm grateful for overcoming that um, probably the most because those were, I mean, you know, the Thorazine shuffle is real. I've done it and I've been tied up on a straitjacket to a bed and that sucks. And, um, I'm free and I'm super stoked that I'm free and I know you're free and you ain't in jail and uh, we're both free. So I'm grateful for, I'm grateful for freedom. You, know? you, you bring up the mental illness thing and this is very controversial. So I'm going to dive right into it. Why not? I, I, I've been on this, this journey. And so I was diagnosed with DID, which is disassociative identity disorder which is a branch off of borderline personality disorder, which is a branch off of bipolar disorder, which is whatever. Right. Like it, 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 the thing is, is you you brought it up. They don't really, they're kind of guessing. And there's a reason why so many people get really whacked out when they take certain medications because they're guessing, they're practicing medicine on your brain. Absolutely. And I felt about, Golly, I think it's about four or five years ago that I quit taking every psychiatric drug I was on because it was making me want to do drugs more. Yeah. But then I've been on this journey of like, okay, what, what's going on? And I started to realize that this mental illness that I had or was diagnosed with was really a spiritual problem. Like oh, no. I was possessed. That, that's what you, what do you think multiple personality disorder is? It's, it's other spirits. And I understand that there's a split from trauma and all that stuff, but here's what I have learned in my journey. And I don't, I'm not always great at this and Jessica can attest to this, but I have learned for the most part how to make that illness a superpower. Right. Amen. It's become a gift, not something to look at like, oh God, I can't do anything. It's become a gift for me. How do you right. feel about that? Well, I will. I mean, I, first of all, I applaud. I appreciate your honesty. Um, you know, they talk about the razor's edge and Somerset mom and wrote a book and Bill, Bill Murray was in a kind of an average movie about it. Um, but the razor's edge between brilliance and insanity is really that thin. And if you go back, there you go. I've lost you. He fell over. <laughs> no, it's true. It's, it's a solo <laughs> show now. It's a solo show. We've lost the host. Um, <laughs> Thank you for Hunter Boone's show. Um, but, <laughs> but the reality is, is that when I did my study and I read The Unquiet Mind, which was written by a UCLA professor who had polar, and 
And you go to the House of Letters in uh, the UK and the, in, the, in the United Kingdom, I believe that's kind of like the Nobel Laureate over there. And if you look at all the people that were uh, awarded and a medal of honor for po uh, poetry and other things, about 80 or 90% of them would have been diagnosed um, bipolar. And so when you think about Sylvia Plath and you think about um, different people, even Neil Young and other singers and, uh, and artists, I think they feel more. And so while it's the, the sine curve of emotions are highs and lows, and that's what they define bipolar is high and low. But what if God gave us the ability to feel deeper? and more and that's better highs and better lows and i think the reason many of us did drugs is because we wanted to manage the highs and the lows and either either take it further or counterbalance and so we basically became pharmacologists or pharmacists you know managing our own high and you know if you're good at it then you're okay but i mean i i'm i, I use marijuana i use alcohol i use you know mushrooms i mean i did a lot of things um but i was managing my depression and I'll get to your DID thing in a minute, but I hope that, I mean, that, that's, that's definitely some thoughts on insanity versus brilliance. Yeah. I, I watch, um, I told Jessica to watch a beautiful mind. Totally. She, totally. I think it took her a while to watch it, but she finally did. She goes, and she started looking at me going, Oh boy. <laughs> right. No, that's <laughs> I mean, favorite. Yourself into. <laughs> yeah. But he I was mean, a genius. A yeah, that's a favorite movie of mine. When he's drawing on, when he's drawing those math problems on the windows or doing that, I mean, that's that's how I see things. Um, that's how I see connections and relationship and people. It's 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 at that level. And you know, like you said, you know, if God gave us a gift and we don't know how to manage it, and there's not a definition for it, we don't really know what to do with it. Um, but the DID thing, I'll talk about for a moment. Um, you know that. When you get into, and I, well, I guess, I don't know if I want, yeah, I guess I'll bring in the, you know, the occult, but I wasn't planning on to. Oh, do it. But when you shatter someone's personality and you split it into different DIDs and different things, then the original design or the original personality or the original blueprint gets shattered. And then the trauma and the drugs and all of that, it, it really, it really destroys a person and the healing that's required um, is significant. Uh, I, I mean, Danny Johnson one time said she met someone that had 83 different personalities. And you have to understand that the, the split of a personality is that the pain or the reality gets so gnarly and so hardcore that you divert and create another person or persona to make yeah. the pain go away. And, and so that can be manipulated or that can be just a, a survival technique. And so while I haven't uh, done that necessarily, I mean, I've had alter egos. Uh, they used to call me <laughs> King Henry at rock concerts because I was bigger than life. But the reality is, is that, you know, those are, those are, those are traumas. And that's, 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 it's, it's stealing someone's identity by shattering it. And it sucks. And it's really, it's really, it's, it's terrible, but it does happen. I, so I talked about this last week. I had a trauma specialist on, and we we spoke about this, and I talked about because I there's a there's a lot of times that I thought that I've been completely healed from from it, right? But then little things will creep back up. And yeah, so, was this Aubrey was this Audrey the woman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. Watched, yeah I watched a lot of that. It was a great show. Thank you. She um and then so Jessica has really been the first person to one embrace the different characters or the different switches or the alters. Sure. But she's also helped me learn to identify it myself. Like for the first time, I've actually been able to go, 
okay, this is who this person is. This is who this person is and separate them. And when I feel them come up, work at healing that particular altar. And that's, I think, and I don't have any proof. When I went and saw a psychiatrist a couple of times, they're looking at me like I'm a madman because I won't take medication. I won't do the things that they're telling me to. It's because I've learned how to function at a high level. Sure. And the way that I've done it with those altars is literally learn how to love each one of them and learn how to like take them through a healing process because they all have different triggers yeah. that get to be reversed. Well, the interesting thing, usual thing. Yeah, totally. And the interesting thing is that you use the word altar and, and, you know, people put things on an altar and in the occult, they make altars. And so I, I, that's a real, that's a key for you. Um, I believe, but you know, alter ego is a L T E R because it's a, it's a different now putting things on an altar means that you have, you know, you've prayed to that or whatever, but, um, (laughs) but, um, the interesting thing is, um, if God is, you know, if, if every single human is a representation and we're made in God's image and God is like a diamond that's multifaceted, that has millions of different facets and every one of us is a different facet of God, whether you're a plumber or an accountant, uh, you know, a rock star, whatever, you represent Jesus or the Father in a different way. And it doesn't matter the outside color of your skin because someone once said this is an earth suit. And I was like, oh, wow, wow. Because if we are spirit and we started in spirit and we're going back in spirit, then this thing that we have is just a cover over our spirit while we're here on earth. And if you believe that, then it really changes a lot of, I mean, my clothes are as a, a representation of, you know, it's just my, my skin is no different than my clothes in a way. It's an outer appearance. But if you know, so when you say you have multiple uh, personalities, that's not necessarily a bad terminology, except we've made it a bad terminology. Sure. You know, you being kind to a child and you being, you know, rocking out at a Metallica show. I mean, those are different personalities or different, you know, parts of your character, let's say. Sure. But and you wouldn't act, you wouldn't act, you know, vice versa on those things. And so I think I think it's just being a fully well-rounded human. If you're if you live in a very small box and you go to the same job every day and eat the same food every day, you've got a pretty small window. But if you're radical and ride motorcycles and jump off, you know, bungee jump and do all this and ski and all these radical things, those are multiple personalities or multiple traits, let's call it, sure. that make you more colorful. And so I would just say it's more colorful. <laughs> well, and again, I don't look at it like it's I, I really do try to avoid saying and claiming that because I really just really try to focus on I am who God says I am Amen. and and reminding myself that I have the mind of Christ because especially when I start to feel a shift, like I'm about mm-hmm. to go to another place, I have to remind myself of that. And sometimes it's a wrestling match. Well, triggers are real too. I mean, you might have smelled something, you might have seen something, and subconsciously it triggered you and you didn't know why, but you've now been triggered. And you're like, yeah. oh my gosh, I don't know why I feel this way because it's not fair, but it triggered you. Yeah. I've had to learn how to, because people talk about people, places, and things. Right. I had, I mean, I had the, the triggers that could switch, and then I had the triggers that would make me go act out. And I focused on reversing the switches that make me out, act out before. So 
there would be certain things like certain places that remind me like, Oh, I picked up my drugs there or I got, you know, I picked up sex stuff here or the, you know, and like, and of course, unfortunately for me, it was like every street. Right. right. So right. I was a place and I would have to go look at it and go pray to it or not pray to it, but pray. Or release the energy, release, release. Like, I'm free from this. Like you have no power over me, right. but with people that deal with triggers and the, any of you that are watching or listening right, right now, that you deal with triggers, look, it's very real. And it's a real thing that you get to address, but at the same time, you are not a victim. You do have the power and the authority, especially in Jesus, right. to, to, to squash that crap and reverse it right. or surrender it. You have that power, but it's real. And so it's like, I talk about this, not to be a victim, because I am not. I chose to let those triggers change me. I made those choices. But now I know my authority, and that is key. That is oh, yeah. key for anyone that's walking with the Lord is knowing your authority. Yeah, I mean, here's that's great. I That's awesome. And um, just to spend one more moment on anyone that's having trauma or going to an old bar or an old place or seeing an old girlfriend or old boyfriend, if you get that reaction or that hot flash or whatever, if you can breathe through it and really feel the emotions and let them physically go and release them and, and learn that process of releasing and say, you know, I'm not that person anymore. I love myself. That was the old me. I have changed. I'm evolving. I'm a new person. And as you do that, you'll get better at it. But there's no reason to continue to um, feel those old pains or those old wounds. That's that's a trigger. That's a that's a trap of the enemy. Um, but it's really just it's being strong enough, and you know, it's being a warrior really. But it's being strong enough to uh, confront the problem or the pain. And, and recognize it, number one, it's real. And then it's kind of like you said when you were in your, your sixth uh, prison there or, or your sixth room, but you recognize, the pr you recognize the problem or the feeling, you identify it and you let it go. And in that letting go and forgiving yourself and forgiving the other person, that is where the power I believe comes from. And that's where, I mean, forgiveness is the number one key for everything. It, you have to have forgiveness. If you don't have, for, if you have unforgiveness, then you have a block and you're carrying negative energy. So as you forgive yourself for the drugs, the alcohol, the sex, the, the, you know, the, whatever we have done in our past, we are not subject or we're not slaves to our past. I mean, we're living in the present. We're living in the future. We can learn from the past and that can make us a stronger, better person, but we're not slaves to that. And so whoever might be going through that, you know, Joshua and I have been through a lot of this, um, but just feel the feelings and breathe through it and let it go and say, I don't, I don't need you anymore. And you don't, you don't serve me or you're not welcome here anymore and, and let it go. And it will, and, and ask Jesus and ask God to let help you and it will go and you will be free. And yeah. it is, it is a self deliverance basically in a way, and you will be free. And you have the power to, uh, to deliver yourself. Absolutely. I've always talked to other people. Right. I've given you six deliverances. Only one worked, right. but or that or I just had that many demons to get rid of. But right. I'm so grateful for Michelle Pageant. I mean, we were at a business conference. Nice. And I've gone through some of the other ones where I was there for three hours, and I was like, thought I was going to die afterwards. But she did it in like ten minutes. <laughs> it was like, holy geez, it really worked. I could. Yeah. I mean, I knew it. 
Golly, you said something else that I want to go to, and I just brain farted. I, okay, I know what I was going to ask. The you were talking about forgiveness. The hardest thing I ever experienced, like for all the people that I needed to forgive, which that was a wrestling match, right? But the blockage to loving myself and making loving choices for myself was actually forgiving myself. Right. That was the hardest, most difficult thing I've had to do. And I'm, I'm curious, the audience out there, you guys can comment. Um, you know, have, have, has, has, have you noticed in your life, in your journey, is the process of forgiving, has it been challenging for you? Hunter, how did you forgive yourself? Well, I mean, I, I have to, you know, I go back to Danny Johnson a lot. And I, I describe her as being kind of the Tony Robbins for you know, Christians. I mean, she's a, a, a business coach. She's a mentor. She's a uh, relationship coach and all that, but she uses the Bible as her, as her basis. And I was a client for about 10 years and I'd never been to a forgiveness exercise. And that's something she does in her first steps to success mm -hmm. in the first before lunch on day one. And so it also sets a stage of, uh, of uh, trust in the room that we're here to, that no one's going to hurt each other and we're going to trust each other. And so it prepares the field to be open and new and allow new things to happen. So I have to credit her for kind of teaching me what forgiveness is. I mean, obviously I'm 13 years sober. I go to AA and part of theirs, uh, their 12 steps is in step nine. You know, we, we, we clean up our mess and, 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 you know, ask for, you know, we do amends. Um, part of that is a forgiveness exercise. Um, I, I think, part of what we have in America and is we don't, we don't really, I just, I live in America and we live in America. So we talk about that, but we don't, we don't teach these things. We don't teach forgiveness. We don't teach these at a, at an elementary school level, at a high school level, at a college level. So I think we're all really ill prepared as we go through life as to, cause we're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to screw up. We're all going to do all that, but no one's taught me how to say, Hey man, you know, you didn't know all, you didn't have all the tools or you didn't know what you were doing. Your heart might've been in the right place, but you totally screwed this up and let's get over it. To me, forgiveness is getting over it, but also getting through it. Um, but they don't teach it. And so I had to, so Danny kind of taught me how to let go of it. And it's, it's a process. It's like riding a bicycle. You don't get it on the first time. The more you do it, the more forgiveness, you peel back the layers and then you really get into it. But, you know, it's been a journey to myself and I, I know myself and I, I've, I've been around you this week and I've seen you and, you know, we're both really living good examples of who we are because we're conscious and we're alive and we're intentional, but that took a lot of work. And the only way to get here is work and the work is the journey, but it's the best work you'll ever do because it's a journey to self and being diluted or drugged out or whatever at some point, all that shit just gets to be tired or it's not the true essence of who you are. And so really, whether it's Buddhist or Christian or whatever, it's really about finding who you really are and how God made you. And that's that's awesome. That's the best thing for me in the world. So do you feel that it requires knowing what your purpose is for you to get the motivation to be able to pursue your purpose to and do the work that it takes to get there? Well, you talked about recognize it. That's a that's a massive question because I think identity is so important. Ooh. And if we don't know who we are, then um, or we or if they say or whose we are, um, um, <laughs> that's a that's a whole thing. And um, 
you know, so many labels are put on us. I mean, one of the things Danny does is she puts a person on stage and she puts, you know, fat, stupid, you know, lazy, and she puts all these labels on people. And, and some, and sadly we, we say yes to those labels. And then later she takes them off and she puts, you know, wonderful, smart, kind, beautiful. And those are labels. And I just think we have, uh, we've programmed many of us, you know, you hear, you hear parents say to a kid, don't do that. You're bad or you're this or you're that. And when I hear that, I'm just shocked and horrified because it says in the Bible, um, the power of life and death is in the tongue and there's blessing and curses. And, and with our tongue, I can say, man, it's good to see you or, oh, it's you again. And <laughs> the energy, the energy there is, is, is tremendous. Um, I'll take it one step further. If we're 80% water and we resonate to the positive or negative sound of the voice, it's just like that Aido doctor where he froze the water and it was either love, 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 or hate, hate, hate. And, and they froze differently. And so if I say, Joshua, oh my God, it's so good to see you. Thank you so much. You're amazing. I love your show. I saw it the other day. That's a bunch of positive energy. If I say, eh, you know, eh, then it, but it changes everything. And if we learn to live out of that, out of the glory, I call it, of positivity, then, then we start to know our identity. And I know that's a long ramble, but it's, we have to, we get to know who we are in the process, I think, through the fire. You and I have gone through the fire, and so we know who we are now. But that fire was important for sure. Where'd you grow up? Huh. Um, I spent, mo well, my, I was born in Boston. My dad was from Atlanta. We went to Atlanta, and then we went to Southern California down in Newport Beach. And then I went to St. Louis, Missouri for high school. And then I went to, I went to four colleges twice in three states, and then I have been in Napa for 25 years. So I've kind of lived all over, but St. Louis is a place I call home, and Napa is a place that I call home. What? Yeah, that's interesting. Like, I was that hard for you growing up, moving all over, moving all the time? I mean, like, what was your relationship with other people like when you were constantly moving? Well, you, I mean, I'm obviously an extrovert. I'm gregarious and I'm able to meet people um, pretty quickly. Um, you know, it's, it's a survival skill too. I mean, I knew one woman that I went to high school with that had moved like 13 times and I'd moved three or four. Her father was in the, in the army or the air force. And, you know, it's a, I think it's a skill set. I think you learn to adapt quickly because, you know, I've just moved to Florida. I've moved to a new state where I knew zero, I mean, a new county in Florida and I knew zero people. So now I'm driving around meeting people and starting over again. And it, I'm not, a, I'm not opposed to it. I'm not afraid of it. it. To me, it's a new adventure, a new journey. And so we'll get into mindset, I'm sure in this call, but you know, it's how, it's, it's, it's how you, how you, how you frame it or how you accept it or how you look at it or how you deal with it because it can be terrible and horrible or it can be awesome and amazing. And that's a mindset. I Jessica's over here and she just said, I love starting over. I, I've moved a bunch. I right. mean, an insane amount for a lot of different reasons, but I have a bit of a gypsy spirit. I mean, I could honestly, a dream for me. Yeah would be just to travel nonstop living in nice hotels, going to different cities. Well, let's, let's, let's just say you're prophesying over your own life right now. I Listen, <laughs> I, I've dreamed about it since I was a kid. It's all I ever want to do is I love, heck, even if I'm in the same, staying in a hotel in the same state, I, I love it. I love meeting the different people. I 
and and here's the thing i have that ex severe extroverted side of myself but then at the same time i'm also really introverted right it's a very it, there there are two massively different extremes of my personality yeah, yeah. but the one thing that remains the same I get so excited. I don't care if I'm going to Costa Rica or I'm going to Omaha, Nebraska. I'm going to get excited. Right. I'm well, so things. One of the few things that I, you know, in, in learning more about you this week and seeing your ministry and your street ministry and, you know, that you you uh, say that you're a shock jock of evangelist, which I love, um, but also your your journey and your your ministry is to the lost and the broken because you've been there and you've seen it and and there's nothing there's nothing more dear I think to the father's heart than you know the girls on the street corner or the guys that are leaning up against a building and you know I can't wait to walk the streets of Minnesota or any streets with you and your wife and hand out food and and just love people because you know it's hard I've been homeless I've lived in my car and you know I've I came from a wealthy family. My my mother and my brother and my dad have still helped me along the way, but but it's been a journey and and it's been great and I've loved it. And when you're in your car by yourself and there's no girlfriend, there's no TV. Uh, really, the only person you get to talk to is God. And so it's really been a, an op and probably you in a prison cell were like, hey God, there's no one else to talk to. Maybe you and I should have, have a conversation. So you know that that's you know. But again. Um, it's really loving people, bro. I mean, whether it's in Costa Rica or whether it's in, you know, uh, wherever, it doesn't matter, but it's, you have the ability to connect with people and that's a gift. Um, and I, and I do believe that your new wife and your new show and your new platform will give you the ability to, uh, go wherever you want and the money will come in to people will support this and you will be able to, if that's been a dream of yours, hello, dear. Nice Hi, to meet you. How are you? What's going on? How are um, you? I'm great. It's good. Good. The show just got better. What's up? Yeah. See? It's See? That's it. We got to talk whether you're on camera. Oh, well, I just wanted to say hi. I didn't know what to expect, and I've been listening, and I think it's so cool that you guys have, like, such a commonality in everything. I agree. Because yeah. I got that vibe right away that – I was excited. And yep. so now it's just confirmation. Well, great. Well, yeah. I'm just excited you guys get to travel the world and stay in nice hotels, that that prophecy is coming true. I'm excited that I got to experience it and witness it firsthand. We have a, a lot of cool <laughs> stuff uh, in the future. Yeah, I'm excited about the Marriott since I get to prophesy over myself. Right. That's Marriott. Right. Because there you go. JW Marriott. They, they got the they got Bonvoy. They got a lot of nice ones all over the world. I am. I think I forgot what my status is with them, but I love that hotel. So Marriott, if there you're you listening, owner. there you go. Sponsor that's our world tour. A, that's it. A new sponsor. That's awesome. Yeah. I, really, I love the Marriott. I do too. Well, <laughs> I used to fly and travel and stay at Marriotts all the time because my parents worked for the hotel industry and Northwest. Okay. So they would take me out of school for a week or so at a time, and I would just have to write like a journal about my trip to make up right. for the lost school time, and it was amazing. That sounds like a cool gig to me. Yeah, yeah. cool childhood. That's it. It's awesome. Yeah. I'm okay, I'm gonna get back to work, but I wanted to say hello. Well, you have been a wonderful addition. Thank you for popping Thank in. You. Nice to meet you, Hunter. Nice I'll see you again. I received that prophecy too, Hunter. Thanks, Kim. Go. 
Right on. Yeah, Kim. yeah. Kim's got a free air miles. We'll just pre- we'll pray. We'll speak pr- free air miles over Kim. Yeah, there you go. I that, mean, go ahead. So we were I was going to say this. I mean, you know, I, the only thing I wrote down in preparation for this was First Corinthians, First Corinthians one twenty seven twenty nine. It says, "God doesn't call the qualified; He qualifies the call." And I often joke about myself as being the two-legged donkey because if God would talk through an ass, he can surely talk through me as the two-legged donkey. So that's what I call my ministry as a two-legged donkey. And in Africa, they don't think it's funny, but I think it's funny. But, <laughs> oh my God. I love it. I think it's really, it, it makes sense. Um, because I always, I sometimes call myself the, what, what do I call it? The, uh, the un, oh, it'll come to me. Um, like, it's like the, it'll come to me. But, but you know, the, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, there's people that will go to the front lines and then there's people that are check writers. And I love the check writers, the people that don't want to get dirty and they don't want to go feed the homeless. They don't want to wash the feet, but man, they are willing to write a check and they get blessed by the father. And I bless the check writers of the world because they're the ones that pay for the gas and they pay for the food and they, you know, they help Kim with solar and they help me with chickens and Uganda and they help you with, you know, food in the streets. And, Man, I'm just all about, you know, partnering with check writers because, you know, you know, it's, I mean, we all have skills. We all have different skills. And, you know, for those that are the evangelists and those that want to work in the front lines, we need help and we need support. And, you know, so those people that have the extra air miles that give them to you and give them to Kim and give them to me, I celebrate it. And I, and I just speak life over them. And it's not to manipulate them to get something. It's that if they want to help a ministry, then you've got a beautiful ministry and let's, let's, you know, shine some light on it. And, um, it's, it's amazing. So we, you know. we have the buildings for us to be able to, I'm going to talk about it now because I feel like I should talk about it. Go for it. It's the, the outreach, the food and the clothing is like, is a, is great to go meet people in the streets. But the vision that we have not is to bring is really to redefine what ministry is. And we've been so blessed in like getting to, you know, serve at word of God church in Oklahoma city and be under the covering there. And now working at the life center in Minneapolis or, you know, getting to volunteer and going there to worship and getting to see the dip, the, the people that were, were, we want, we are led to go after and the people that we do, but we have this vision for being able to not just provide the food and the clothing and the fellowship seven days a week, 365 days a year, but also to educate and equip the youth, even, even convicts, convicts, like people like me that can't go out and get a regular job because of my record. And so I get to serve the Lord full time. And, but to equip people that, cause what if right now their purpose or the only, the thing that God has for them is for them to start a ministry. And a ministry can look like anything now. The, the rules have changed. And so to be able to equip and train and teach these people that have been left behind and forgotten and to give them everything that they need for them to go off on their own and make a career for themselves. We have, that's why we started a media organization. However, the media organization was to house the different ministries and the different outreaches, but we want to bring it full circle with all of the buildings in Los Angeles and Dallas and Minneapolis and Miami, Florida and London in Miami and in, in San Diego and London 
London, Sydney, Australia, Tokyo, Japan, Moscow. Like that's where we want to do this because here's the thing. So many people out there that have had the records like us feel like there is no hope. And it's great giving your life to Jesus, but here's the thing. They're, they're getting rid of that self-doubt. It's one thing to go, Jesus, I'm yours. Take my life. I surrender. However, if people haven't seen success, it's really hard to step into successful a successful mindset because I was fortunate. I grew up in a privileged home. Like I did. It didn't keep me from squandering everything. It didn't keep me from wrecking my life. The fact is I saw success, so I knew how to do it. Right. I knew I knew how to speak to successful people, but there's so many people out there that have only seen abuse, that have only seen addiction, that have only seen poverty, they've only seen racism and discrimination, so they don't believe that they have a way out, and their parents and their community tells them, you're not, who do you think you are wanting to be a teacher or a cop? What's wrong with you? That is keeping people in their own little personal hells, and we are determined to break them out of it. Yeah. Okay. I'm done. I'm fired up now. No, it's fired up. And I, I'll just, I'll, you know, Isaiah, you know, Isaiah 61, you know, one through three, it says the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and openings of the prison to those they are bound. Well, those prisons can be mindsets. They don't have to be a prison. It can be like, I'm not worthy or I'm fat or I'm stupid or I'm lazy. And just like you said, much of that was conditioned by the, the frame they were in. I mean, I grew up in a great home. My father was an entrepreneur. He built businesses. Um, he worked for himself. And so I saw that. And so, you know, yeah, I did the drugs and yeah, I, I drank my way out of colleges and, you know, smoked weed and, and didn't, didn't appreciate a lot of that. But, you know, in, in the years of rebuilding my life and building character. You know, Bill Johnson says that you you have to build your character to be able to handle the anointing. And both you and I have shared this week about, you know, what we've gone through, you know, and what we've, you know, how we've, how God and us through work have restored who we are as men and that you're able to have a wife and a family and you can handle that now where before you couldn't, but you've worked on your character and now you can handle that. And now you can handle this you know, global media, you know, empire ministry and, you know, and you will attract people like me and others who want to be a part of it and, and come alongside you. And um, I've got ideas for a building kind of like John Bon Jovi does where you bring in people because it's hard to find, you know, cooks and it's hard to find waiters. And I've got mm -hmm. a whole concept, which we can do in Minneapolis um, easily or anywhere. It doesn't matter. But, you know, basically teach line cooks teach line cooks. But here's the thing. If we get 25 of the best chefs in Minneapolis to come and teach, then when we have, when they've, when the line cooks gone through the accreditation, now they have a job because that chef knows them. Same thing with waiters. Yes. And so the restaurant industry has always been really good to the, the, the hooligans and the pirates. And a friend of mine calls it the pirate ship. And <laughs> You know, a lot of lot of drugs, a lot of drugs, a lot of drinking, a lot of partying, and a lot of a lot of Peter Pan immature people, and a lot of but again, a lot of actors and a lot of you know bullshit artists, and it's it's a good lot. I I still I still wait tables, so I I enjoy it. Um, but to be able to be a line cook, to be able to be a waiter, allows you to make fifty to a hundred thousand a year, 
and um, in a creative culinary art. Um, it's an amazing thing, and people need to eat. But if you think about this building, and we'll get into it later, but in the back, you've got a culinary school. The waiters up front learn how to how to sell the food. You have a soup kitchen where you give away free food, like Bon, jo bon jo John Bon Jovi, where if you come, you can eat for free or you can donate money. And then you also have a store where you sell the cookies and the bread and the stuff that the people made. And these, and then have a garden next door to it. So these five working pieces can generate jobs, income, can rehabilitate a downtown area. You can get a grant for it through the city. I've seen it done with uh, urban guard, urban gardens in St. Louis. Uh, there's Ron Finley in LA that's been an urban or the gangster, the gangster gardener. Um, <laughs> there's so much, there's so much opportunity, but it's, it's down in the city. It's down where the people are. And I know you've, you know, we've all scored drugs in different parts of cities late at night. And, and, and that's where the, that's where the people are and they need, they need a lift. They need a hand up. And, um, and so I think this concept, um, and I have some friends in Minneapolis that I mentioned that can help us um, from the political side. And maybe it's in Minneapolis, I don't know, but um, um, it's, it's, it's a way to really help people and give them that leg up. Because if they do have a poverty mindset, you know, how are they gonna get out? You know, if, if they've got dirty clothes and they can't get it, they don't know how to get a resume and they can't, they don't have an address. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of um, situational problems that we should have fixed this a long time ago. I mean, this is, this is silly that we still have these problems, but obviously there's mental illness and there's alcohol and drug addiction in, in the homeless camps, we know that. But for those that wanna get out, you can get out. We can restore people's lives easily. And just like we do in Florida, in Bradenton, Florida, where we help women get off the streets from prostitution, um, there's nothing more beautiful than to see a young lady who used to be a prostitute and used to be on fentanyl or meth or whatever to find the Lord, get delivered, get healed, get set free, get on fire, filled with the Holy Spirit, and then go back and minister to those girls in the streets and they are on fire. And to watch that, to watch that rehabilitation process is one of the most beautiful things because I can't minister like they can minister because they are on fire. And it's like what you have when you go with that shock jock and that the love of the broken and the love of the, the it's in the byways and the highways, you know, you know, dad Taylor taught me a long time ago that he used to go minister in hotels you know, the, where the drugs and the hookers are. And he used to go minister to those people and he wasn't scared of it. And I, I mean, I love this man. He's from Atlanta, Georgia. And he's just done some great work just, but he goes to the people and that's where they need the help. And that's, that's, you know, and I, I'm passionate about it. So I'm fired up to help you in any way I can. Oh, I, I appreciate that. I love your idea too. And what John Bon Jovi is doing is actually has served as a little bit of inspiration for the the little additional part to what you just shared right we want to do that have that center where people can come to but we want food trucks sure take that food prepare it and go out in the streets yeah. and have it a, a a priceless menu on the Great. food truck that people brilliant you take the donation or you can come eat and everybody is welcome and there'll be you know obviously fellowship like we we want to hit the streets in that way too. So yes, we're a media organization. Yes, broadcasting and elevating the voices for the voiceless Amen. is is our the broadcasting network's purpose. But Live Mono Worldwide is about elevating everyone around us. Yeah. And we and you do that with food and fellowship. You do that with creating opportunities. You you do that with services that help people heal. 
that and, and so they know they're not alone. There's the worst feeling in the world is being surrounded by people yeah. and feeling alone. Yeah, I'll give you a quick story. A friend of mine, I forget who it was, but I was at a, a ministry event and she told a story about a, a, there was a, a woman or a, a man, just a person walking on the beach. And this woman, um, oh yeah, let's see. Um, I don't know, let's see, yes. Um, thank you, Kim. Um, but there was a woman walking on the beach and this other woman from this church said, hello. And the lady's like, what? She's like, you can see me? <laughs> and the lady's like, yeah. She's like, I didn't think anyone could see me because no one has said hello to me in so long. Oh. That this, literally this human being was walking through life thinking she was invisible because nobody had said anything. And you're just like, you know, it makes me it makes me mad at, you know, I often tell another story. I gave a woman, I compliment people all the time. I'm like, oh, those are beautiful shoes. I like your earrings. What's up? I like your hair. And I said, I like the earrings to some lady one time. And she looked at me and she started to cry. And I'm like, whoa, this is interesting. She's like, <laughs> she's like, no one's ever given me a compliment before. What? And I was like, what? You're 40 years old. No one's given you a compliment. I'm the first human being that's giving you a compliment. I'm like, that's horrible. But I'll give you this real quick. Todd White, the, the badass you know, evangelist, when he was running and gunning and drug dealing and got shot and all these things, when he found the Lord, he literally said not one person had ever evangelized to him. Not one person had ever talked to him about God. Now, Todd's one of the great evangelists of the world right now. And but nobody at 31 with his dreadlocks and yeah, he was doing drugs and yeah, he probably looked like a thug back then, but not one person said, Hey man, you know about Jesus at all. And mm -hmm. so that's, I don't want to say shame on people because I don't use the word shame, but it's, it's, it, it's an eye opener because, you know, Todd also says, if you're on an airplane sitting next to him, you're going to get saved because he's going to talk about Jesus the whole three hours and you will be <laughs> saved. So, but but it's 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 remarkable. Um, it's remarkable, and most people find Jesus when they're on their hands and their knees because they're drugged out and they're like, "God help me," or like you, in yeah. prison screaming at God. I mean, we why do we have to get to where we're just on death's door to say maybe I should try this Jesus thing? But it, that's just how it happens. Humans are going to try it their way until they get broken, beat up, banged up, and then they say, "Well, maybe I should try this Jesus thing." But it doesn't matter how you get there. Um, as long as you get there. But when you're out there, you give someone a sandwich and you give them a hug and you say, hey, man, I've been here before. Yeah. It's that love and that interaction that that's what they're 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 feeling the love, not the sandwich. It's, it's yeah. the love. It's it's and, and I learned this from Jessica. It's there's a big because when I lived in L.A., I was going to Skid Row all the time. But my mindset was like, I'm going to go deliver food, not I'm going to fellowship with right. them. And, and I've been to Skid, I've been to Skid Row, and I've seen it. And I've, you know, and they'll take the food, and and the next Christian organization will come behind you, and the next one, and the next one, and the next one, and the next one, and it's not changing. It's not. It's not. It's not solving it. So, so obviously, so that's not working. So, what you're talking about with take, there's a thing in St. Louis, and I forget the name of the bus company, but they basically are a farmer's market to go. They take a city bus and they fill it with food, and they go into the places where there's only liquor stores and it's, and they, they have food. And, but the dist I'm all about distribution of food and sandwiches and food to um, people. And I'll work that food truck anytime. Uh, I'll cook the food. I've, I've done breakfast burrito ministries in long beach where I make breakfast burritos for people in the homeless park. 
and I love it. And you know what? When you're hungry and you've been up all night and you've been throwing up vodka or whatever, you know, a, a nice warm meal, man, it means a lot. And, you know, and if, cause you might have to panhandle all day to get some food, but when someone comes and brings you some food and some love, you know, it's, it, that's the, that's being, that's being Jesus. I mean, or doing Jesus. Um, and it's, it's so important. It's, 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 it's just, it's important. So to your, to your point, you were talking about, um, why people wait till their breaking point to be able to, to, to find Jesus letting up, letting part of, so, you know, giving your life to Christ is surrendering your life over to him. And, yeah. and, and, and surrender is a practice. It's a daily, sometimes an hourly thing. But we hang on, even as Christians or followers of Christ, whatever you identify as, we even non-believers, we hang on to crap that doesn't belong to us. Like we hang on to anger and resentment and 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 and, and the lack of forgiveness and we in or we hang on to our mess ups and our screw ups and here's the thing i learned from graham cook the outcome is guaranteed in christ so yeah. therefore if the outcome is guaranteed and god plans to prosper you god wants to bless you that means even your pain once you surrender it to him God's going to use it for something good. Going back to what we said at the very beginning, I can honestly look in the camera, anyone on the face, no matter what stage I'm on or what microphone I'm behind, I can say that I am grateful for HIV. I am grateful that I battled my sexuality for so long. I am grateful for being homeless. I'm grateful for the mental uniqueness, as I like to call it. I am grateful for the abuse. I'm grateful for the jails. I'm grateful for the failures. I'm grateful for the bankruptcies. I'm grateful mm. for all of it because guess what? There's not a see. I know who I am now, and I know my purpose, and I know that there is not a place on this planet that I cannot walk and go. I get it. I understand. I I, I genuinely do. So I feel like my testimony that God gets to use is is go, can go to places that others can't go. Totally. totally. That is the ultimate license to ill. I used to try to look for the license to ill everywhere I went. Every time I went to a party, it's like, I got to while out. You know what? Wiling out with Jesus is the most fun I've ever had in my life, by far. Way yeah. more crazy, way more of a high. And I'm not trying to like be preachy or weird preacher and talk about yeah. being, being a Jesus freak is all this stuff. Oh, it comes with a lot of hell too. Don't get me wrong. But... I was a thrill-seeking maniac. I was a junkie for the thrill. I was a junkie for the high, constantly chasing it. Serving the Lord has been the greatest high of my life, and it, 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 it's just it's not even close. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And um, I'll say two things. One is that you can minister to people that others can't, and um, that's that's amazing, and it's a gift, and, and God prepared you, and your testimony is is that you can you can minister and Jesus hung out with tax collectors and hookers and 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 that's just and many of the people in the bible were murderers and drunks and you know had affairs and so we're not trying to be perfect by any means um one story like you shared a buddy of mine and I were at a Danny Johnson event and we usually walk the streets and feed the homeless and such and I was in Atlanta and I wore a blue blazer I got a short haircut and I was talking to this black guy that was sitting on the curb and he looked at me and goes you don't understand I go, what do you mean? He goes like, you don't understand. 
He's like, you've never been homeless. I'm like, yeah, I have. Because you've never dealt with alcoholism. I'm like, yeah, I have. Because you've never lost your children. I'm like, yeah, I have. He's like, you've never dealt with mental illness. I'm like, yeah, I have. And everything he shared, I said, dude, the difference between you and me is that you're judging this blue blazer, this piece of cotton. You're looking at my haircut or my skin as being white as I'm different. I've been through everything you've been through. And the difference between you and me is that I've conquered it and I'm not on the street anymore. And the greatest part about that, we let the guy use our phone. He called his mom, which he hadn't talked to in a while. We got to pray for him. But literally when I left that scene, if you look at my hand, every one of the, every one of the valleys that I had to go through were so that I could stand on the top of that uh, affliction or that issue. So I have authority in uh, the spirit of addiction. I have authority in the spirit of homelessness. I have a, a authority against mental illness. I have authority because I've conquered it. You have authority in drug addiction. You have authority in sexual whatever behavior because you've been through it and you've conquered it. And so now when you look someone in the face and you see that spirit, you can speak to that spirit because you have authority. You can cast it out because you've you've been healed, you've conquered, and you know that spirit and you can cast it out where other people can't, you can. And so while you're in the streets, in the highways and the byways and in the broken parts of the city, you know it and you walk with a dunamis authority and a power and you can, you can uh, minister and heal and relate to those people because they see, they know that you're not, you know, gaming them or you know that you're not there, you're not playing them or you're not some, you know, white dude from whatever, but you've been there, you know, their struggle, you know, their pain. And so you can sit there and cast it out because you can speak to it. And, and I've got the same way in my authority. And so literally when I left talking to that, you know, black gentleman, I was like, oh my God, God. I was like, really? Every friggin' thing I've been through was to give me authority, the mental illness, the alcoholism, the drug addiction, the homelessness, the bankruptcy, the divorce. All of that was so that I have authority in those in those regions. And I walked, I dude, I walked away from that situation. I'll, I have a photo with that guy. I'll never forget where we were because it it gave me the identity or the recognition that I am I am I'm powerful and Everything I went through, all that bullshit I went through, all the bullshit you went through was for a purpose. And yeah. now we can help others get through it and we can set them, we can set those captives free. And that's the assignment and that's the glorious thing. And that's, I can't minister to the girls in Florida, but I can pay for gas and I can pay for flowers to go into the brothels. And I work with my friend Amber in Florida and I give her money because she has authority in that region for those, um, to help those girls get off the streets. And when you go and you when you do, when you're working when you're working on the front lines and you're doing one on one, man, it's it's the best. It's truly the best. You've seen it, you've done it, and man, there's nothing better. I mean, I've done. When I quit doing drugs, God's like, it's gonna be okay. You're you're not your life's not gonna be boring. You know, yeah. trust me. There's signs, wonders, and miracles. And as I said in, in in the bio there, the you know we we live in signs, wonders, and miracles. And this shows a miracle, and you're a miracle, and. And this show is a wonder and a sign and, and I just bless it. And as it goes around the world and my voice and your voice and your wife, and as your heart, as the desires of your heart are fulfilled and as this accelerates and magnifies and just goes around and around and around the world. And, and hopefully this is viral for millions of people, not to glorify me or you, but to glorify him. Yeah. Um, and we hope that things we've said in here, free people, or they can call your show or they can send you a text or an email or they can send me one. 
because it's really those that have been through it, been through the fire, have the medicine or the, 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 you know, they can, they, they, they know how to get through it because I've been through it. I can help you get through it. And that's, to me, that's, that's what it's all about. So and it also proves how powerful and why your testimony is needed. I know too many believers that are sitting back in fear of their testimony and like there's there's shame there still for them like ah you know or they fluff over it people need to hear it and i'm the prime example is this how many things do we oh another bomb went off in this country we hear about sex trafficking we hear about you know child rape we hear we we hear about abuse we hear about addiction but we are so desensitized to all of it you have to make people feel it to make them change. And if they don't feel it, they're never going to change. They have to feel the pain. And you know what? To feel the, the best way to feel the pain is to tell the truth. Because then God has the opportunity to use it for good. But when you hang on to it, it's going to poison you and cripple you and keep you from healing. It will keep you from achieving all that God has for you. You got it, and it starts with that. But it, I really believe with all my heart, it starts with a genuine, sincere testimony. Yeah, I mean, and I and I don't know the scripture about your testimony is a story back to Jesus or whatever. I, 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 I know it conceptually, but I mean, I love transparency. I love the truth. I mean, I love the truth. Um, I mean, because they say in AA, you're only as sick as your secrets and whatever bullshit you're hiding or whatever lies you're hiding. If you're, you know, they say that the Satan is, you know, the, what is it? The father of lies. Um, so it, to me, if you're operating in lies, you're playing with the devil and, um, that might wreck some people, but, um, the reality is, is that it's true. And, you know, when you stand in your truth, look, we've all had, we've all screwed up. I mean, come on. I mean, we've all done stupid stuff. We've all wish we could take some of these things back. Nobody's perfect. We know that, but it's the overcomer. It's the, it's the, it's that spirit of overcoming. It's a spirit of saying, you know what? I'm dirty. And my, you know, I had dirty robes and now they're clean and God washed me clean. And that whole cycle or that whole process is, is, um, is amazing and um it's that's what that's what that's what is the game changer or the or the uh or the uh i don't know i mean it just it, it it's your testimony and 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 why go here's another here's another way of looking at it. why go through all that bullshit and not have it worthwhile or not have it help the next guy i mean you went through some crap and if you just keep it and do nothing with it, then that's on you. It, it didn't. It didn't do anything except ruin your life. But if you can, if you can help other people's lives, I mean, a lot of the convicts come out and become preachers, and you know, and it's a way to say, look, I was, I was a gangbanger, and now I'm serving the Lord. And mm -hmm. it, it's a way to make a. You know, what do they say? You make, you make a message out of your mess, and you know, and you can help people. So, I so. love the ga former gangster preachers. Those are my <laughs> favorite. Because there's an attitude and a depth there that, I mean, but again, I'm one of those people, like, I didn't really start really loving church until I went to my church in Oklahoma City. I mean, I, I love the, the high that I could get from feeling good after a good message from somebody, but really, I needed to be have my teeth kicked in 
from the gospel. I needed to feel it. I needed to feel convicted. I needed to go, you know, maybe this behavior is not the right thing for me. I needed to learn obedience. And it took kicked in the teeth. Well, Graham, you mentioned Graham Cook, and I love Graham Cook. And one of the things he said is that if you don't learn the lesson, you get to go around the mountain again. And sometimes a, se a season or a cycle is seven years. And you get to tr you get that crossroad of do I go right or do I go left? You know, I said many times or I said years ago, I'm not going around the mountain anymore. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not going in seven year cycles. I'm not doing it. There's no way I'm going to face that demon, that devil, that situation. And I'm going to I'm going to do the right thing this time because I'm not I'm not wasting seven more years of my life. Um, I any, hold on, I'm going to cut yeah. you off real quick. I challenge anyone out there that is struggling right now with just knowing your power. Listen to Graham Cook's Way of the Warrior series yep. on YouTube. Yep. They have them broke up in like eight minute clips. And like, and I'm telling really? you, it changed me. It helped me understand that the outcome is guaranteed in Christ. And after I finally got that through my thick skull, <laughs> I was like, all right, bring it on. Because you were talking about going around the mountain. I use this analogy all the time. It, it's you're going around the mountain to face your giant again. You may get it, and it sometimes takes seven years for you to face it again. Not doing it. Not doing I'm it. Not doing that. I had the opportunity. My, my, I dreamed of having a talk show as a kid. Like, yeah. it's all I really ever wanted to do. Like, I loved working with complex disabilities. I did it for 18 years. I loved it. People ask me what I wanted to do. I wanted to have a talk show. I loved Oprah, mm -hmm. Larry King. I loved yeah. Obie and Anthony. I listened to all those people, but I never believed it was possible. And I had the opportunities, but I blew it. I, I, in college, I had an opportunity. I got a talent scout, heard me announce a cheerleading competition, and they were going to give me a deal, but I dropped acid the morning he called me. Right. I... I'd go around the mountain again. Got another opportunity. Guess what? Nothing happened. Around the mountain again. Here I am today. I ain't going back around it. <laughs> I'm sure. gonna be obedient. I'm all in. Yeah. Well, you get to be. What is? I don't know the scripture exactly, but you get to be the light on the hill. You are the light on the mountain. You and your wife are the light on the mountain, and you get to shine brightly. And and the reality is this: is that you know you had to go through that. You weren't ready for it, and. Yeah. You, you know, whether you whether it was free will or not, I mean, why you dropped acid that day, either you were scared, either you were afraid. I mean, it doesn't matter the why, but there was something that triggered you that said, I'm going to take this drug and throw away this opportunity because it, it had to be somewhat conscious or even subconscious. But someone who really wanted that would have maybe gone on a walk and put on a nice shirt and gone to the interview, but you weren't ready for it. And you couldn't have, you know, Bill Johnson, I think I said earlier, Bill Johnson says, yes, you have to have the character to handle the anointing. You weren't ready for it. And you probably would have blown up. So you had to go through more shit, more trials, more, you know, fire, and now you can handle it. And so now when he puts that, that weight on your shoulders, you're ready for it. But you, but you know, they say three, third time's a charm and, and colloquial expressions don't happen because they just happen. They happen because it's it's repeated itself throughout history. So the first time you thought, oh my gosh, this is gonna be great, it didn't happen. The second time you're like, oh my God, this is it, it's really gonna happen and it doesn't happen and you kind of get dejected. And when the third time it happens, it's so easy. It's like, wow, I didn't even have to work for this. And so 
I think sometimes we have to do things in threes, which is biblical. And it's the third time's a charm because you, you practice twice. And, and I don't know, it just, it works so many, it's, it's, I've got so many examples of it, but you know, you needed those failures to be able to be grateful again, gratitude to be grateful and appreciative and humbled. We get, so one thing I do is I, I haven't started this, but I'm going to carry a marble in my pocket because I want to remind myself that I was once a dirt clod and I've had to go around and around and around and around in the tumblers tumbler to knock off those hard edges and knock off those. And I'm pretty much a smooth little marble right now. I mean, I'm not perfect, <laughs> but I got the shit beat out of I beat the shit out of myself uh, by doing things like taking acid before an unbelievable opportunity or doing stupid shit. And I suffered. But as, one thing I'll say, there's a guy named Terry who I met at an AA meeting many years ago. He rode Harleys and just had a crazy life. But one thing he said often in his speech, he said, I don't regret one thing I've ever done because it's made me the man I am today. And I literally quote this a lot. And I quote Terry. I don't know his last name, but that stuck with me because every single thing we've ever done was part of your journey. It's part of your story. God knew you were going to screw up. He's, he was like, here he goes. He's, he's not, you know, but whatever. It doesn't matter. And if you can get to a point, the two things you'll also hear me say is nothing's impossible and nothing matters. And I live by those because nothing's impossible. We have the skills, the tools, the ability, you know, with, with the power of dunamis, power of the Holy Spirit. And then nothing really matters because, you know, we can get in our head that I need to do this, I need to do that. But, you know, it's if you follow the spirit and you're doing what your heart in your heart, then it kind of, it, it removes a lot of the BS and a lot of the junk and, and it just works for me. I'm not saying it works for everybody, but those two quotes work for me a lot. And, um, they just allow me to live free and, and live, you know, a great life. And I get to help people and hang out with guys like you and your wife and, you know, have a good life. Amen. I love that. Yeah. Brother, I, um, I, we're just going to have to do it again. Like, yeah. Or just have you on. I'm actually, I'm late for a meeting, but I don't really care at this point. <laughs> um, well, let's wrap it up then. I listen. We're we're gonna have to do this again. But you, uh, you have an announcement to make, don't you, sir? Yeah. No, I have a I have a TV show starting tomorrow called I Am Mad, and uh, it's 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 called I Am Making a Difference, and I'm gonna interview 52 people on Fridays and bring spotlight to those who um, have charities or ministries who are making a difference. And to me, picking up a piece of trash is making a difference. It's you're cleaning up the world and um, it doesn't have to be grandiose things, but um, you know, if we all contribute and we all do a little bit of stuff, we can really change this world. And, you know, there are a lot of things that are broken and there's trash in the oceans and there's poverty and there's homelessness and there's sex trafficking. And, they all seem like monster huge issues, but if everyone just kind of takes a little piece of it, we can solve this thing really easily. And and the government's not going to do it. And um, it really comes down to the people. And we, if we come together as a community and we come together, um, the power of community, the power of relationship, the power of influence, you know, I, those are my favorite things. And, you know, this TV show, this unfiltered, um, Gratitude Unfiltered and Live Mana Ministries, has the ability to reach millions of people. And so 
I just, I just applaud what you're doing. And, um, you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm stepping out in faith to rock and roll and do things I haven't done. But just like yourself, I've wanted a Charlie Rose interview show my whole life, basically, too, where I get to talk to awesome, radical, cool people. And I'm blessed because I get to hear their story. I've heard my story. I know my story. It's, you know, but I want to hear your story. And I want to hear, you know, how you've changed the world in autism or veterans or PTSD or how people with horses are, are healing, you know, women with trauma. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's people that are doing amazing jobs out there. And if we can put a spotlight on them and raise money and help them with some of their, um, you know, their uh, financial problems or needs, then we can, we can really make a difference in this world. And I'm super fired up. It's what I'm going to spend the next 30, 40 years of my life doing. So um, that's it. There you go. I love it. And the cool thing is because you're a bit of a gypsy too, is the technology that's available now is that you can do it anywhere it's it's as remote as you want it to be now right that's right. a beautiful beautiful thing i yeah. i i love it i love the idea of having you know the schools slash studios all over the country all over the world is something that i get really really excited about because but the truth is that people can go out in a park and do it too you know and you got to start somewhere and you know that i i always I, I look at my setup every time that I broadcast and I and I think back to, you know, just how early on how things were and how slow and, and humble the beginnings have been. But I, I know what God will do and and I and I'm excited about it. But at the same time, I'm I also love the fact that I can just take a laptop and a microphone and head out to a park and I could broadcast if I want. Yeah, and, amazing. And I love that. And it's a privilege to get to do this. And I think when people start to, when they sync up their, what they want with, you know, God's purpose for their life, when they go hand in hand, it makes life exhilarating because totally. even the smallest things, you're just, you can love the crap out of. And I used to be, again, a thrill seeker, but part of that was how many eight balls am I going to do tonight? How many, how many times am I going to have sex? How many, you know, and now it's just so, so different. And I am, that's all God's grace. Yeah. It's God's purpose for my life. And every, everybody there, everybody watching right now has the opportunity to live the life of their dreams because your dreams God planted inside of you. It's not by accident. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to talk about dreams and visions because you talked about them the other day in the show. Talk about it. You know what? I'll just go. I, I, I'm this. This. You want to do? We can do another segment. I mean, I'm. I'm we can I wrap it right now. Want you to talk about it. What's that? I want you to talk about it because I think oh, it. Wow. Yeah. Um, um. It says a man without a vision will perish mm. in the Bible, and a friend of mine flipped that, and it says a man or a woman with a vision uh i mean it says a man without a vision will will perish so a man or a woman with a vision will flourish is the reverse or the contrary to that mm -hmm. so if i have a vision i will flourish is basically the uh, opposite of the scripture there so it, it it's a corollary um when i preached in um where was i, I when i was in cameroon my first 45 minute preach i was in cameroon on an island I jumped on the back of a motorcycle, went to the harbor, got on a boat, went 30 miles up the coast, and then preached in a small church. Um, 
the first time I ever preached, it was a rock block building. There was no roof. There were palm fronds. And my preach was this. It was three things. One, a man with, with a vision will flourish. Number two, the power of life and death is in the tongue. And three, we will do more than, than Jesus. And like, when we see, when we see something like, oh my God, it'd be so great. We, we talked about this the other day, like, oh my God, it'd be so great to have a red Ferrari. And then you're like, I really, you know, I, I see myself in a red Ferrari. And so we have to see it first with our mind or our, the desire of our heart. And then we speak it and we say, literally, I want a red Ferrari. And um, okay, well, angels have been sent to flight. Um, if you think about the secret or the word karma, that if you put out positive energy, you attract positive energy, there's magnetism, there's all that. But you've stated, I want a red Ferrari. <laughs> and then if it says we can do more things in Jesus, I believe that three-step process gets into quantum physics and that's a whole other reality, but it's we're manifesting our own future. And so when it talks about dreams coming true, that, that expression, my dreams are coming true, well, it's because you believe in the dreams, you've spoken the dreams, you've seen the dreams, and with your heart and your energy and your intention and your desire, and you talk about your dreams with people, and that opens doors and connections. And you might have a friend that said, you know, my brother's got this old red Ferrari that he's not using. Do you want it? And you're like, yeah. <laughs> and and you, I mean, miracles happen like that all the time. But if you don't speak it and you don't share it, I mean, I'm not a biblical theologian. I, you know, but I know that there were, you know, Daniel and others have interpreted dreams and Joseph and others. And, you know, dreams are a big part of the Bible. And like you said earlier, you know, God put that there, you know, it didn't just show up, but, you know, we all have different dreams. Um, you know, there's dreams I don't have and, you know, don't need to do that, but there are dreams I have. And by speaking them into reality and putting mind and heart and consciousness and intention and all that energy around it, they're, they're manifesting, they're happening. And so, if you dream, it's for a purpose and get people around you that will encourage it and speak life into it and help you. And, and then they come true. And then you get, after you get that one, you get another one. So. Yeah. I love that. I, I want a black on black murdered out Range Rover. That's all. There you go. That, if I, if I ever start driving again, <laughs> that is a driver. You could have a driver too, if you wanted. Actually. I, actually, that's true. I want the driver to drive me. Okay. That see that picture back there? See that? See that, see that picture back there with the skyscraper, the, the whatever the cityscape back there? Somewhere in your office, I want to see a picture of a black on black. I want to see what I want to see a picture in your office so that you physically, mentally see it and it'll manifest. You put it on. You put a picture in your office. It's in my. It's on my computer screen and it's on my. It's on my phone too. So good. good. Well, yeah. you're doing it. You're doing it. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have a driver just for really? safety. I, if my phone vibrates, I look at it. I, I <laughs> here's the other thing. Here's the, here's the other way of looking at that. By having a driver, you are allowing the opportunity of a young man or a young woman to be blessed by being in your presence to learn and glean from you, as well as serve you as a driver. And they get good air conditioning and good music and all that, and they get to rock and roll in a fat fat bomber black car. But you're giving a job to somebody who can basically go to ministry school by sitting in the front seat while you're in the back seat. So you're giving someone a job. Hey, Stephen Gordon, you want to drive me around? <laughs> there it is. There it is. See, now you're and now you're making it real. Since we're in the spirit of like creating things, I'm going to bring up the Morgan Camera Shop. Do you know about it? I don't know. 
Uh, it's on Sunset Boulevard. It's been abandoned for 19 years. It's an right, old right. camera shop. Where is it on Sunset? Uh, Up or down? Like Rock? Is it by the Roxy or is it? Is it by you no, know further, further down the opposite way? Um, toward the beach or toward not toward no, UCLA? The other way? Towards the opposite way of the beach. Okay, so I inland. Know. Yeah, inland. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, but it is. I I remember the day I walked by it. I was just I was walking on sunset. I was going to the Magic Castle. Yeah, I remember. You have to wear a suit to you go. You do. You do. And I'd been there before, and at this time I went with some friends, but I just dressed normal. Couldn't get in. I was like, ah, crap. So instead of calling an Uber, I just started walking because I haven't had a car since I lived in one. <laughs> and, and so I'm walking, and I go by, and I was like, that's a cool building. I hit, I hit to the Starbucks, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I hear turn around. Right. Turn around. And all of a sudden, my eyes and God showed just that gave me this vision for the building, and that is the vision. And like, went around it. I used to march around it all the time and do videos of it. Like, that was where I got the vision for what this not the nonprofit we have started. The right. youth industry, all of it. That's where it started. Was on Sunset Boulevard. So that building, the Morgan Camera Shop, will be the Lift Mono Worldwide Foundations. I great, great. Well, let's figure out who owns it and who can donate it, and you know all that because you know we. It, here's the other thing that comes from the Bible. Um, yeah, I'll get you a bottle. I'll get you a bottle of wine there, Tyler. Um, Do you know Tyler Coleman? No, she just. I don't know who she. Oh, I don't know. Just, Tyler just, is the. That she has misfit ministries. Oh, I love it. Tyler is a warrior. I where, mean, where, where is her? Where is it? Where's the ministry? You're in Houston, right, Tyler? I think she's still in Houston. I, her story is good. I love it. I love it. I can't wait. Right. Shared her testimony twice on my show. Was she on? Was she on this? Was she on yesterday or someone else? No, 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 no. I did. Um, somebody else was on yesterday. Yeah. This was we, uh, we, I interviewed her at Word of God Church. In front of a you know a live crowd, that was so much fun. Cool. Um, and then one other time when I lived in LA, we did it digitally. But we've known each other for years awesome. now. Awesome. Well, I look forward to meeting you, Tyler. Thank you for what you're doing. I love the Misfits. Love them. Um, <laughs> Houston, I love it. Um, I love coming to Houston. I've got friends there. I usually have a couch or a place to stay pretty much everywhere. Um, but yeah, let's just find out who owns that building and let's just have them either donate it to the ministry or that's what I'm know, do something because here's the deal. It says in the Bible, you have not because you ask not. And, you know, I love asking because all you're going to get is yes, no, or maybe, and maybe is a no. So really it's yes or no. And if you provide the opportunity, they might just say, you know what, just take it. You know, just you, no one's asked for it. You can take it. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of blessings out there, <laughs> you know, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the story of the talents, you know, the, the one guy buried him in the yard and, and God was pretty pissed off and gave that talent to somebody else. And I want to be the guy that gets my five talents and five more and then five more and then five more and five more. So it, there's people that aren't using them well. So if the person that's running has that building wants to bless you and all the people in L.A. that will be blessed by that, let's go bring it. Dude. But again, here's the deal. If it was on your spirit that hard that long ago, it's meant to be. So we oh, just need to, we just need to connect the dots and let I, it and, and make it happen. I know that I know I've reached out to the the owners every possible way I've known how. I've gone into the flower shop next door. 
left my phone number. Right. Um, when I left LA, so this this the thing that I kept me from wanting to leave LA the most to go back to Oklahoma because I knew I had healing to do there. But the thing was, like, I'm not. This is not me giving up on my dream to, for this building and the good that we're gonna do there. And I was like, God, I'm trusting you. Totally. <laughs> I'm trusting you that this building will be waiting on me yeah. when I when I'm ready. So. I know I'm ready now. I know the more. Oh God, I'm gonna cry. Well, no, it's so good. Praise God. That's, it's so good. I'm I'm glad that you feel it that deeply because that means God's all over it. The Holy Spirit's all over it. It's that so good. Me. Oh, and it's so but it's and to duplicate it. So the other thing, going back, golly, we're all over the place. But the other thing, talking about what you were talking about, John Bon Jovi, and what we were mentioning about the ministry and all of that stuff, is that model is duplicatable totally and nothing and this is for the audience nothing in your life is on accident nothing, nope, nothing not at all. zero so every one of those weird little odd jobs you did like when i was doing private security uh in la that was so much fun um but um what was i saying uh nothing nothing by chance at all duplicatable and nothing by chance oh, i sold franchises yeah come on i, worked, I had when i <laughs> started working and I had a skincare line, one of the things I got involved with a med spa franchise and I got involved in the franchise business. I learned how that worked. So no accident. Like it was a very, very short stint in my life. I got mad because I didn't get paid. <laughs> so I was like, screw you guys. But I learned the model and how it worked. So this is duplicatable. And so that's why I know it's going to London and Tokyo and Moscow and Miami and New York City and Dallas, Texas, heck, even Houston, San Diego, yeah. Los Angeles, Oklahoma City, Tulsa. It's going everywhere, Minneapolis, because it's duplicatable. And it will, it will create a ripple effect of hope. It will create a ripple effect of opportunities. Generational curses will be broke. There will be no kid, no child that ever goes, I will never make it. Like we are gonna break that crap now. You know, it's amazing. And and to have mentors, I mean, you know, we could get into this whole conversation about men and fathers and how men have left the home and 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 by doing and, and the, the the father is the head of this the spiritual head of the home. And when the spiritual head of the home falls, the spiritual, you know, there's an erosion in the house and you know, there's young men and young women that need good men and good women leaders. And um, and by being able to serve that food and to be able to hug them or teach them how to play guitar or just listen to them. And, you know, all that is just so valuable. Um, and you know, an after school program. I mean, uh, right on, uh, Tyler. I mean, I have a friend, Ben, who's probably watching this in San Diego, who burns for a coffee shop where he can have ministry and love people. And, and he's, he's working with, uh, someone in Texas. I forget his name at the moment, but there's enough good people that if we, you know, and I'll, I have a good friend, Mondo Duarte Rodarte, who is a, a native who's had some really wonderful things. And one of the most, um, important things I learned by doing home church in his house is he's, it was mostly Hispanic and Native Americans. And here I am, a white guy hanging out with these guys. Um, but when we'd sit in his living room, he said, we all carry, we all have authority. We're all prophets, evangelists, and all that. But we, we lay down our crown. Everyone puts down their crown because in front of the king. And so mm. if you put your crown down and I put my crown down, 
now we're all equal and we're just sons and daughters of a king. And when we take that ego and we take that I'm this and I'm that and we, we, and we humble ourselves before the Father and we become, an, we, we become an alignment or an association with other brothers and sisters and there's no agenda, there's no ego other than all of us coming together to participate in the mission or the goal, mm. so much can get done so quickly. And I learned that with Mondo and his BMI ministries. Um, but we, we take off our crowns and we put it before the king. And and that'll, that that one exercise is so powerful because it changes everything. There you go. <laughs> That's it, there you go. Isn't that cool? My, Jessica's the coolest. <laughs> she, That's it. there's your crown. I love being able, sometimes it's good to hold something like, so like if you're visualizing yep. that this is a good thing, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, totally. I, so I love, I'm in support of what you're saying. That's yeah, why and, and we, and it's about unity. I mean, I think you talked about unity or someone did, I think we may have talked about it, but you know, the, the devil divides, you know, and this whole thing that's going on politically, and I don't want to bring that up, but it's about division and staying at home is division and it's, and, but it's, there's, there's power and there's power in community. There's power when we come together and, and that's the power that we're missing. And if we can come and bring other urban leaders and other, I, I've got plenty of chef friends and winemaker friends and rock and roll friends. And, you know, we bring that, 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 that collective consciousness and collective creativity together you know, my goal is to raise a million bucks in a day, and and that's easy. I mean, it's not hard. Um, but what I want to do is is raise a million bucks in a day and give okay. project give project two four eight my charity half a million, and then give five other charities a hundred grand. Um, and we'll do it through a rock and roll concert. We'll do it through a wine um, auction. We'll do it through a fancy dinner and a fun barbecue. And you know, because I I've done it with other people. I've done it for other charities, and so now it's to prove a proof of concept that I can raise a million bucks in a day. And it's not even it's not even a question that I'm going to do it. It's just when, um, probably in the fall of this year, if depending on the situation. But you know, everyone's going to come with the mindset we're raising a million dollars today because we're going to change these things. And you know, I'll, I'll give you know I'll give you a hundred grand. You know, I mean, take a hundred grand out of the pot. I don't care. My, Can I, hey, what, what what when you what, were what, talking what? about manifesting the car and stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I was just praying and manifesting for a hundred grand to go into our account, but I said by the end of the month. Ooh. So you set the right number. We're just gonna right. have to work on the time frame. Okay. Well, okay. I mean, here's the deal. Here's the deal. If by the end of this month, how many days we got? We got what? Twenty-three days? What is it? Something like that. So here's the deal. If you guys want to go live every day and raise a hundred grand, we can do it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> really? Okay. One day. Yes, we can. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I don't know why you wouldn't invest in Live Mono Worldwide Foundation. We have yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Don't even say that. Don't speak that. Don't, don't don't speak that. Don't I won't I won't listen. Oh, what? I don't know what you said. You said I don't know why I would. I know why I would. Why you wouldn't. Oh, why you wouldn't. There you go. I'll yeah. take that. Oh, yeah. I look, I know the value of what we are doing for people. I truly, truly do because I know what it costs to just even to function. But we are getting to serve the Lord in the coolest ways, but ways that actually generate opportunity and give life to people. Look at that. Yeah. 
That's a <laughs> there you go. We can we can get big bottles of wine. <laughs> that makes my head hurt. Yeah. You're not supposed to drink it, fool. We're gonna auction it off. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Hi, Lisa Ann. Thank you for being here. Look at that big bottle. So cool. So it's funny that I brought that next to me. That was my desk. So that was a God thing. Um, where? Hello, Lisa Ann. You rocking? Do you know Lisa Ann? She rocks. We just met, dude. She's killer. Her story is amazing. Put her on your show. She's amazing. I prophesied over her. She took the hook out of her own mouth. That lady rocks. She took. She's I love that. Expression. She's so cool. She's so cool. She's so cool. Straight up cool. <laughs> she is gonna preach. She's gonna preach and prophesy to the world. Her story is so good. She. she Lisa and you rock. Lisa, I'm going to reach out to you. I think I added you on Facebook. Um, I'm going to reach out to you. I'd love to have you on Gratitude Unfiltered. That'll Dude, be fun. her story is like your story. Her story is amazing. She is such a powerful minister. She's so good. Oh, my goodness. God brought us together in San Diego in, I don't know, maybe July of this year and just put us together and, yeah. There's yeah. some type of energy vortex in San Diego that just the community in San Diego is unlike anywhere on the planet. It's collaborative. It is. I mean, it, I, I love San Diego. Yeah, it's good. It's good. There's also, she and I connected because of Michael Dalton, who's my favorite man on the planet. Uh, Michael Dalton rocks at DC three church. He rocks. He's Michael Dalton rocks. He's my favorite. Um, straight about, up, I know about C three church. I don't know no, about DC, DC three D Desert Christian. It's very small. It's a teeny church. It's very small. But Michael Dalton is Michael Dalton is truly my favorite preacher man on the planet by far. Um, he's just phenomenal. He's so good. What's that? Is he on YouTube? Yeah, he's got YouTube. He has. A, he does. He did a Wednesday in the Word last night, which I didn't hear. But he's so he's so amazing god god asked he god asked him to go to the desert and he laid down a massive radio ministry and listened to the father um yeah there you go what's up what's up what's up that's right what's up um, uh, i yeah. want to check that out you know because the, these smaller ministries i have a feeling it's full gospel so you're going to hear some prayer language no of course have your yeah. hand laid on them of course every day words of knowledge all of it i mean it's real it's real deal holy fields none of this vanilla stuff and instead of and I oh I don't get me started on this. I think I I told when I sat down with my pastor this is another my heart is for ministries like that because look I know that if I saw a ministry I'm not trying to step in front of you babe I knew I know if I saw a ministry like that advertised and I saw it on TV I'd go yeah right keep me away from those demons. You're, you're 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 ready. You're ready when you're ready. You know, yeah. there's there's churches that are for milk, and there's churches that for steak tartare. And wherever you are on your walk, you're going to get what you need. You're going to get fed where you need. But the, the you know, hold on. The point yeah. though of me bringing this out, those churches are at a disadvantage because they're not able to draw in the congregations to keep them going. And part of what motivated me to and us to start the nonprofit and then getting the the broadcasting network was for those kind of ministries because they are needed and they are necessary because people I think are slowly waking up to the fact that we are in a spiritual battle and we can't have fluff right now. We need the full, complete, unfiltered gospel 
because that is the only thing that's going to heal this world. Yeah, so, and it's and it's and, yeah, and and a lot of the people on Facebook are you know you hear a lot of stuff and and Lana Vosser, it's in Palm Desert, yeah, um, it's Lana Vosser and Anita Alexander, um, I think I think they're both out of New Zealand or Australia. They really bring a good word and. They're, you know, it's about the misfits. It's not about the big name preachers anymore. We love them. We thank them for all they've done. We bless them. But it's the misfits. It's you, me. It's Lisa. It's it's Tyler. It's it's yeah. the ones that want to rock and roll in the streets and get dirty and and go touch people. And so, um, what are we going to do for this hundred grand, um, lady in the back row? What We're are we doing? Auction. We're going to auction off the wine. Yeah. What else? Well, we're not. Every day, from what's the purpose? What's what are we putting the hundred grand for? We, we need a purpose for it. We need the building. We need where's the building going to be? Downtown, where street? Okay, well, let's get the address of it. Let's get a photo of it. Let's let's pray into it. And let's not make it happen. On it, done. It'll happen because I got people that I, I have people in Minnesota that uh are very powerful. Whoop. Yeah. Yep, well, there it is. Yes, ministries, boom. I'm going to check them out. We love Michael Dalton. What's up? Love Michael Dalton. Love Michael Dalton. The best. Number one. Number one. He's so good. I love him. I'm so grateful for him. Oh, look. Wait. That right here. Amber Pearl Anderson, bro. Both of you need to meet her. This is the woman that I work with in the streets of Bradenton, Florida. She was ministering two nights ago. She goes out in the streets. She touches people. She prays for people. She goes into brothels with flowers. She goes into brothels with candy baskets. This woman is the most beautiful example of just pure Jesus love in the streets. And I'm honored to be her friend. I'm honored to serve with her. She's just phenomenal. But what she does in the streets is straight up the best ever. She's rock and roll. There's no name of the ministry. That All of these people just that they sound amazing. What about some sort of telethon where you, there you invite all of these people to jump on and give a version of their testimony and talk and about then, their ministries and then share their... we uh, call out all of the donations and yeah. stuff as they come in and we silent auction at as it's going as well oh, so yeah. at the end of it all then we announce who uh, won each bottle yeah, or what we can work on that. But the other thing is, is that as everyone sews in, so instead of money coming to me, it goes into you. Yeah, we love Amber. Um, but it's, it's, I mean, a telethon is just people are on, you know, and like for the Jerry Lewis or the PBS, it's just different people talking during that thing. But if we do a like a 72 hours or whatever telethon or 24 hours or whatever, um, people will just pour in. You know, Amber mm -hmm. has people, I have people, Lisa has people, but we can just yeah. pour in and we'll get the hundred grand and it'll be done. Yes. Or more. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but I have the hundred grand visualized That's in the it. video. That's so. it. Done. Okay. Yeah. See how we easy this is? <laughs> All right. So if you're listening to this broadcast. There it is. Right is. Start it up. First dollar. If you're listening to this broadcast and you want to be a part of this telethon, you will Where do I donate? Where do I donate? How do I donate? It's rolling on the screen right now. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's rolling on the screen. Okay. That's so it. Right here, Start the so clock. Start the clock. Put it at zero. I don't have a clock yet. I know, but put your wife. Slash live mana. No, but your what? wife, start the, start, the minute, start the collections from today, from this moment forward, and we'll, we'll get the 100 grand. 1139. There it is. 
Central time. I got work to do. There you go. I got work to do. That's it. That's it. See? See? Boom. If you're listening right now and if you have a ministry and you want to be a part of this, yep. please send me a DM yep. uh, on Facebook is fine, Twitter, any of the social media platforms. I'm really hard not to find. And uh, send me a message and I'll get, I'd love to be a part of it. You can come share your testimony. You can uh, plug your ministries, anything that you're doing to serve God's people. Come on. You're going to have a platform and it will all be packaged beautifully in a media kit for you to use as promotion also. There you go. TV, radio, podcast, social media, and even the blog network. So we will get you out to the world. Amen. Feel free. Amen. Send me a message. So good. Man. So good. And talk about Project 248 really quick before I I really do legitimately need to go. I know. Okay. Thank you, Amber. Thank thank you, Amber. So Project248.com is a ministry I started a number of years ago. It's basically to help the orphans, widows, and uh, um, free women from trafficking. Amber has... People used to say to me, why do you work in Africa and you don't work in America? And I prayed and God brought me Amber. So I have a I have a ministry arm in America by supporting Amber and her ministry. So um, I have a I have I built a uh, I built a uh, orphanage in uh, Uganda. And uh, I I I mean, the stories are it's long story, but I have an orphanage in Uganda. Um, I built a church in Uganda. I built a chicken farm in Uganda. Uh, we raise corn in Uganda and there's 35 girls, 25 boys. Um, we still need money for that. I, you know, I, I, you know, whatever. And then I have 24 children who I posted today. who We just sent to school, uh, yesterday or today. Um, there's 24 kids with Kelvin Yee in Uganda. In Pakistan, I have 46 children. It used to be 45, but there's a young boy born that they gave the name Hunter because I saved the woman's life who was pregnant and she was tired of being raped and we rescued her and she now lives in our home. So there's now 46 orphans who are not orphans, but they're children. And we have 16 widows living in the Pakistan Project 248 house. And then we do the work in Florida with Amber. And so those are my four main ministries. It's Uganda. I'm not, but I uh, like Gary Meacham. I just don't know him yet. Um, and Tyler, I like, I, I love your spirit. I love your go-getter spirit. So I can't you wait to- have on your show. Yeah, yeah, of course. You can be on my show. Let's do it tomorrow. Um, I still don't know when and how, but it's happening. So we're stepping into it. But I'm just excited for the $100,000. Um, I'm fired up. That too. I'm fired up. But yeah, so my charity has been amazing. And this year I'm stepping it up. And uh, um, it's just about getting bigger. It's just about uh, share. It's just about, it's it's like I tell people, if you fish with one worm, you're going to catch one fish. So like they said to Jesus, throw the net on the other side of the boat and let's catch more fish. And so this 100 grand, um, there you go. Thank you, Kim. But this hundred grand will get that building across the street and it'll be a testimony that this phone call that we met because of your proclamation, because of Kim, because of Facebook, because of all those things, that building across the street will exist. And you, we might be doing a, a groundbreaking February 1st or we might have a party on uh, Valentine's Day. Um, I mean, it's, it's going to happen that fast. So let's, let's rock and roll. Let's have some fun. Praise the Lord. This is going to be so awesome. good. So good. Awesome. Hunter. The best thing is, we still have not solved who is Hunter Boone. It's because we didn't talk about me. We talked about we talked about Jesus and helping people. So.
So, you know what? I don't think people really know who I am either. So that's, that's good. That's good. <laughs> it's, like... it's way better to be a mystery. It's so good to be a mystery. It's so good. But the hidden ones, I will tell you this: the hidden ones are coming out. The no-name profits are coming out. There you go. Thank you, Amber. Thank mm. you. There you go. Bam. God there bless. You go. Thank you, dude. Yeah, Lisa Ann and Amber and you know and Tyler and uh, Kim. I mean, come on. Right. Okay. Let's see. Yes. Um, but yeah, we're fired up. We're gonna kick. We're gonna. We're gonna really change some lives. And I'm so grateful for you and your energy and your your testimony and your website and your ministry and your wife and your your vision, man. Your vision. And uh, so I wrote down. I wrote down some notes, which of course I didn't get to. But I will tell you. Hold on, real quick. Carlos Santana says that enthusiasm is contagious and it's, it's the passion that we carry. It's the passion, the enthusiasm, and that's contagious. And when you get people like you and me and others around and that energy starts to work, you can do, it's, it's about energy. We know that, but it's about people coming together with a heart and a passion. Um, and when you're doing something you love, it doesn't, it's like Tom Sawyer, you know, when he got everybody to paint the fence for him, he didn't have to paint the fence. He got everybody to have fun and paint the fence. So let's go paint a fence. Um, have fun, rock and roll, eat good food. You know, easy. This is easy. Let's have fun. Let's do it. Fire it up. Let's go. Chop, chop. God bless you, man. You are, you are something. You are something else, brother. Um, I uh, we have we do need to have a conversation today. Yes. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna message you as soon as we hit in. And we're gonna. I'm gonna set up a time. I want to talk to you because I, I'm excited about your show. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited about what God is just gonna do through you Amen. and through us together. Because I, Amen. I, I genuinely love your spirit as well, and uh, and I love what you're doing. We have a heart for Africa here. Come on. It's not just. It, I, I actually left out Nigeria, but Uganda as well. Like I have, a, we have a heart for Africa. We have a heart for people. We have a heart for God's children. And well, we don't want to leave anyone behind and anyone ever feeling like there is no hope. Um, the worst feeling in the world is not having hope. We talked about that. We want to inspire yeah. that in everybody. But also not just get them pumped up so they can go out and hunt on their own, but actually inspire them and then go, this is how you do it. Yeah. Teach them. Because not everybody can go for Real world education. It's duplicatable. It's it's creating disciples and it's 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 what's it's I don't want to say it's what's missing, but it's what's necessary. So it's uh it's an amazing opportunity to uh you know blow people's minds by um by uh you know making making disciples. And uh so let me pray, let me finish this up because I know you and I'll talk for two more hours. So Father, <laughs> yeah, I know. Father God, we're just we come before you. We celebrate you and we're honored to be your sons and daughters. Father, we just thank you for this moment in time, this Kairos moment, this divine opportunity to co-create with you, to co-labor with you, Father. I thank you for the 100,000. I thank you for the building across the street. I thank you for the children. I hear the laughter. I see the people putting food on their plates, Father. I see them getting ministered to. 
I see the hugs and the kids running around coloring and uh, cutting out pieces of paper. Father, I just see that in my in my mind, in my spirit. So I just call that forth. I just release legions of angels to go, bring the people, uh, soften the hearts, bring the bring the uh, bring the building and bring the the provision, Father, so that we can use this as a testimony of how people came together through this show, through my connections, through live mana, and it's just a testimony of how how we can come together and the power of community, the power of relationship, the power of influence, and just the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of the blood of Jesus. So, Father, we just... We just celebrate you. We honor you. We thank you. We cover this whole broadcast with the blood of Yeshua. Um, we cover it. The enemy has no part in any of this. I bless everyone that watched this show. I bless everyone that will watch this show in the future. I just pray. I just pray healing. I pray deliverance. I pray that you see yourself the way God sees you. I pray identity over you. I pray your true blueprint, your true identity, that you see your future and that there are those around you that can speak life into your future and that you can, you now have a place to call with this ministry as a hub and it's a hub for the world. And I pray for that, the camera building on Sunset Boulevard, that that's being prepared for us and the other things. Uh, we thank you, Jesus, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Golly, man. God bless you, brother. I will, uh, I'll be like in seconds. I'll be messaging you. Sounds good. Much love. Thank you guys. God bless. Thanks. Hunter. Bye dear. Wow. Oh my goodness. Uh, you're a mighty connector, Hunter Boone. Blessings family. Bless you, Lisa Ann. Uh, Lori, great to see you. Thank you for sharing your love, Lisa Ann. God bless you. Your kingdom come, God. Manifest this earth just as it is in heaven. That's what's up. Thank you, Amber. Tyler, amen. So good to see you. Uh, <laughs> Lisa, you're amazing. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for watching. Gratitude Unfiltered. Hunter Boone, absolutely amazing. Looking forward to uh, seeing what God does with all this because, you know, God is just awesome that way. Uh, those timely connections are so, so cool. God bless you. Again, thank you so much for being here. And we will see you guys actually tomorrow at 12 Central. We have a little surprise for you tomorrow. God bless. Uh -huh.